Ever feel like you're living the same day over and over? If mom life feels like an exhausting whirlwind of laundry, dinner, driving, and frustration on repeat, you're not alone. For every other thing we do in life, there's training. But for the most important job, we're just figuring it out as we go. Mom University is here to change that. It will give you the skills and education to break free of old patterns and be a leader in your home. Thanks for enrolling in Mom U. Class is about to start. Hello, welcome to Mom University. Today I have Kendra Swalls here with me. Kendra, so glad to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I am really excited about the topic that we're going to talk about today, which is this idea of identity and losing your identity in motherhood. This is something that I hear a lot. And I also just, when you hear it, you feel it. Like you get what that means to have this, like, oh, I don't know who I am anymore feeling. And we're going to dive into that a bit today. And I feel like that's going to be really helpful to our audience. But before we do that, let me introduce you to our listeners. So Kendra Swalls is a mom of two, a photographer and educator. In 2012, she married, she married, <laughs> did you now? Okay. In 2012, she started her first business, Paisley Lane Photography, and everything changed. What started as a hobby alongside her teaching career quickly turned into a successful business. In 2017, she left her teaching career behind to run her photography business and start the Girl Means Business brand and podcast. Now she helps small business owners like you take their business from survival mode to success mode using the same relationship marketing strategies that have been the foundations for her business success. I love learning that about you. And I love that you bring this different angle because we don't always talk to on this podcast to business moms, but I think there's so much to learn from moms who have gone all in on their business. So I'm excited. Let's go ahead and start with um, this idea of feeling lost in some of the roles that you play as mom, wife, friend, maybe a business owner, a volunteer, all of those things, who we are, that piece, it starts with identity, right? But how would you define this idea of identity? I, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I feel like is a little bit in the gray zone because, you know, you could probably go and look at the traditional definition of identity, but I think when it comes to how we identify ourselves, a lot of times we identify ourselves by these labels that either we put on ourselves or that other people have put upon us. And I really wanted to kind of break down, like, what is the label versus who I really am? Because sometimes we're, we are given labels that we don't always feel like we fit into completely. And I'll kind of tell a little story about how this sort of started for me was in that phase of when I left teaching. Um, I, so I had my first daughter in 2012. So when I left teaching, she was about five and I had kind of done like the transition from like wife, just wife to wife, mom, to teacher, to all the things. And then in 2017, when I left teaching behind and I just had another baby, so I had a one-year-old at home. So now I was becoming like full-time kind of mom and business owner and all these things. And in that same time frame, we sadly lost my father-in-law. And so we had gone to back to his hometown, his home state. And I was meeting some of these family members that were on his side that I'd never met before. And they would ask me things like, oh, what is it that you do? 
And my immediate response was, well, I used to be a teacher, but now I run this business and I didn't really, you know, clock it. It wasn't something that I thought of. And my husband pulled me aside later on and he was like, why do you do that? And I was like, do what? And he's like, you always say I used to be this thing. He's like, you're not going to go and say, well, I used to be single, but now I'm married. I used to be, (laughs) you know, I was like, oh, that's a good point. Um, And it just kind of occurred to me that in that moment of like, oh, I am identifying, I have attached my identity to this job that I had, you know, that I'd had that I felt like that gave me some kind of whatever, you know, that it gave me some kind of like clout or it gave me some kind of like prestige of some kind. And that got me really thinking about like, what are these labels that we are given that we give ourselves? How do they actually define us? And do they actually define us? And how can we kind of break free from some of those, but still have them be a part, like a piece of who we are. Cause we are those things. I was a teacher. I am a mom. I am a wife. I, you know, I am a daughter. I am all these things, but they don't singularly define who I am in isolation. Yeah. That's really interesting. You know, I, a quote is going through my mind that I've heard that says never be the former anything. Mm-hmm. I think that was Condoleezza Rice, but, um, I think that's so interesting to, tap into your own motivation there of, you know, well, why was I saying that I used to be this? And it's also further a societal thing, right? Because the question itself being asked, we can go deeper into because what do you do is often the question. Mm -hmm. And so as women who wear many different hats and who have many different roles, we feel like, okay, well, I've got to come up with the best one. I've got to say something really good here. What, what is it that I do? You know, that comes up over and over. I, even on, on doctor's forms, Mm -hmm. what is your occupation? I, I have a lot of different occupations, right? There are lots of different things I could write. I generally choose to write in different moods. I write different things, but I usually write homemaker because it goes to this identity piece for me. Like I, I want to elevate that term. And when I like, I'm owning that, I am making this home. Like I, I like that. And so I write that for that reason, because of that identity piece, um, now, I really, I think this is powerful of understanding these labels that define us. And so beyond just like that, that portion of what we do, what are some other labels and things that come in and identify us, things that you see us identifying as? Yeah, I think that, you know, obviously there's the the career labels, like you said, like people always ask, what's, what do you do or what's your occupation, which that's still one of those things that I would love for us as a society to have a different entry question of like getting to know somebody. I just have yet to see like a good example of like another question to replace that. But I also think that we have, um, you know, the identities of the roles we play. So again, I said, you know, wife, mom, sister, daughter, friend, coworker, um, you know, volunteer, those kinds of things. And those are more, in my opinion, the maybe not like necessarily coworker and volunteer, but those are things that are labels based on relationships. Um, and I think that that's not necessarily a bad thing to identify as. I think those are labels that can be good labels. We want to be known as like 
a friend, a mom, a daughter, a wife, a, you know, a sister, all those things. And then I think there's the labels that we don't have control over. So your occupational labels, you have control over, you've chosen that occupation, your, um, you know, the labels of your relationships, you for the most part have control over those things. It's the labels that we are given that we don't have control over that I feel like can be a little bit tricky to navigate. And sometimes those labels are based on, you know, personality traits, you know, like I, um, you know, I have, we have a really close friend group with my, you know, my husband and I, and we have a couple other couples and their kids. We all kind of do life together. And we, even within our group, we kind of have these labels of like, oh, this person is like the, the planner. She's the one that's always going to yeah. have like a list and she's going to be this. And this person's the funny one. And this person's the handy one. And this person's this and that, you know, all these things. And those labels can also have an, an impact on us, whether it's good or bad or kind of indifferent, but those are the ones that are kind of tricky. And those are the ones that I feel like we have to, in some way, let go of, and these, this is a personal journey for each of us, because we don't always either a know what those labels are that have been put on us by other people. And that's okay. Or we assume that we know the labels. We assume that this person thinks this of us and it may or may not be true. Or we are aware of the labels and we can either own them or we can find ways to, I guess, debunk them or to go against them. And that's kind of a tricky thing to navigate. And I think that's where like friendships and relationships kind of start to come into this whole identity thing. Um, but it's it's tricky and it's a little bit hard to separate who you know you are as a person versus the labels people have put on you. Like I think about that person in our friend group, who's the planner, like maybe she doesn't always want to be the one that we rely yeah. on to always be prepared and have a plan and have a strategy and have all these things. Maybe she just wants to be the go with the flow person that someone else kind of got labeled as, but yet like she's been sort of pigeonholed into that role. And that's, we do that to other people, but we also have that done to us. And so that's part of the identity that we have to sort of navigate through and separate whether or not we're going to let that define us, or if we're going to take control and ownership over defining it for ourselves. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. I love how you've kind of broken down what those pieces are. And I think that's really powerful. And sometimes we do almost feel trapped in an yeah. identity that we don't necessarily like anymore, but don't know how to change. Um, why do you think that we, we lose sight sometimes of who we are? Well, I think that when you start to really take on a certain identity role, so we'll just use, you know, motherhood's a big one. That role requires us to give so much of ourselves. And there's a lot of relationship roles that are the same way. Maybe you have a friend that's really, you know, needy or demanding, or that requires a lot of your attention in one form or another, or maybe it's a family member that, you know, is maybe they are requiring a lot of you or asking a lot of you, you know, I'm in a phase of life where my parents are getting older. And sometimes the role of daughter becomes a bit of a, a heavy burden to carry because now you're having to take care of your parents who used to take care of you. And so those types of identities, that piece, it's really easy to lose yourself because you're so focused on how can I give to this other person? How can I make sure that my kids are fed and taken care of and healthy and 
that their needs are met? And how can I make sure that my parents' needs are met and my friends' needs are met and my spouse's needs are met? And when you think about like a, you know, a glass of water, if people are constantly sticking the straw in and drinking more of the water out, like there's nothing left at the end of the day. And for a lot of women, that's a common feeling of there's just nothing left. And so the idea of, I don't have time, I don't have the energy to even think about what I want or what I need or what makes me happy because at the end of the day, all I want to do is crawl in bed and go to sleep. And then the cycle starts all over again the next day. And I think that there are different seasons of this, you know, especially like when your children are really young, obviously the newborn phase through like the toddler phase, that's when it's really easy to kind of lose yourself and your identity in that because they require so much more of you. Or, you know, if you have a family member that is dealing with an illness and you have to really give all your time to them at the certain phase of their life, then that can be a moment. But the good news is, is that these are seasons that don't last forever. And so it's important. I think that when you come out of one of those seasons to recognize like, okay, I kind of lost myself in that. How can I now regain my own identity and my own taking care of myself and things like that, because otherwise you're just kind of live in this haze and this, you know, this one season for a lot longer than you need to. Yeah. Okay. And so to that point, how do you do that? Because I think sometimes (laughs) people find themselves there and they recognize it like, oh my gosh, I don't even know who I am anymore. Like this feeling of just you know, I've given, I've given so much that there's nothing left and I don't even know what, what's supposed to be there at this point. So how do we reconnect with ourselves? So two things I like to kind of refer back to one is it's inner work. It's going to, it's sitting down and like writing out, okay, what are the things that I know make me happy? And I, these need to be things that are not tied to other people. So a lot of times moms are gonna be like, well, playing with my kids makes me happy. Okay. That's great. But what makes you happy as just you by yourself? I don't want you to tie it to anybody else. And even though those things like watching Netflix with your husband, your significant other might make you happy, but what are some things that you enjoy doing on your own outside Mm -hmm. of anything else or anybody else? So have a list and I like to do it on my phone because I always have my phone with me. So in the notes app, I just have like a little notes. That's like things that make me happy. And it's things like, I really enjoy reading a good, like cheesy romance novel. (laughs) I really enjoy taking my dog for a walk on days when the weather's really nice. Um, you know, I enjoy going and getting a massage every once in a while or a pedicure every once in a while, or, even sometimes just going and eating lunch by myself somewhere, like going and picking up Chipotle and going to the park and sitting by myself and listening to a podcast while I eat lunch for a little while. Like those are things that I enjoy. And so when you can have that list, when you start to feel lost in who you are, you can go back to that list and you can say, okay, these are the things that make me happy. And then another list I want you to create is what are the things that you know are true about yourself? These are not things that you've been told about yourself by other people. I know there's a lot of times there's exercises out there that are like, ask your family and friends to tell you five things about you. But I want these to be things that you know for a hundred percent certainty are true about yourself. Like I know for a fact that I am someone who is going to be loyal to a person to a fault until they have done something that's like, you're on, you're off my list. You know, like I'm loyal to a fault in some of those. And so I will put that down. I know that I am 
smart in these areas, intelligent in these areas. I know that I struggle with confidence in this area or, you know, all these things that you know to be true. I know that I'm a really good friend and it's going to feel like you're bragging on yourself. Nobody else has to see this list except for you. But again, it's one of those things when you have those moments of, I feel lost, you can come back to these lists and go, no, I know this is true about myself. I know that I'm a great cook, or I know that I'm, you know, really good at singing or whatever it might be, whatever the things are that you want to, you know, kind of have as your personal identity. And then I want you to also look at how we speak about ourselves. So reframing how we talk about ourselves. And this is one that um, actually my therapist helped me get through is going back to the idea of your identity should not be tied to your labels. And so she said, okay, let's start with something simple, which was my story. I told the beginning of what do you do? You know, and I always say, I used to be a teacher. Now I'm a photographer. She's like, I don't want you to say I am blank. She goes, we always say like, I am a mom. I am a teacher. I am this, I am that. She's like, but you are not necessarily that thing. I mean, you, you are, it's what you do. It's not who you are. And so she was like, when someone asks you what you do, instead of saying, I'm a photographer, I want you to say, I run a photography business or I take photos, you know, for people on their wedding day or whatever it is like, make it an, I do statement or I, you know, create, or I, whatever verb you want to put in there, but don't say I am this, because then that is one of the things that puts you into you, this label. And we have to shift that. And it's, it becomes a mindset shift. The more you say, the more you get away from, I am this thing to, I do this thing, or I have this thing, or I like this thing, the more it starts to kind of seep into our subconscious and we start to reframe it mentally as well. Yeah. Okay. I love that. It's reminding me of something I learned a while ago and haven't thought about for a long time, which is this idea. I am is an affirmation. Mm -hmm. And so often we are using that and affirming the wrong things where we are further like deepening those into our identity. And we're sometimes saying, I am whatever that piece is. I am fat. I am stupid. Yeah. I am. We, we hear these kind of things all the time. And sometimes we hear them in our own minds. Right. Yep. Um, and then to that further, I am a photographer or I am a teacher. Well, what happens when you get let go from mm -hmm. that job? Well, now your whole world is rocked because that's who you are. And now if, if I don't have that, what do I have? And so I love this reframing how we talk to say, I teach in an elementary school yep. or I, you know, whatever that is, I do, I will say the one piece that I, I feel like it is appropriate to, to keep, I am is I am a mother because yeah. even if, even if you lose your children, you are still a mother, yeah. you know, um, that is, is a deep part of our identity. Um, well, now, I think I, that's true for, you know, any, I mean, the relationship ones, obviously I feel yeah. like are a little bit more stronger. And the mother one, I think is the one that is the through line because yeah. even, I mean, I'll still say like, I'm a daughter, even if I lose my parents, I'm still their daughter. Yes. yes. Now I love my husband dearly. And I, I, but I also don't know that I would put the same weight on, I am a wife as I would, I am a mother. Does that make yeah. like, I mean, again, I love my husband dearly, but I feel like that was more of a chosen relationship as opposed to one that was 
sort of this like part of me relationship. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that no, sounds I bad, but, <laughs> but on, I understand what you're saying. I mean, motherhood changes you in a different way. It completely changes your identity Yeah, and, and forever. Yeah. And so I think that that's a powerful thing. Now, I love these things that you've walked us through this idea of what makes me happy on my own. I have a, a quick thought about that. And then the next one. So one of the things, if you had asked me this a long time ago, well, what makes you happy? I would have said having dinner with my family. And I love that you emphasize, well, what on your own makes you happy? Because I have a son right now who doesn't like to come to dinner. Most nights he won't come to dinner and we have, we try, we've tried all the things and we really would love him to come to dinner, but ultimately we can't force him. He's big boy. Can't carry him down <laughs> to dinner. And I have to choose to be happy anyway. Anyway, mm -hmm. I have to yep. choose to still make dinner um, or not, or go out, whatever I choose, but I have to still choose that. And I have to still choose happy. And so I have to look at this. Well, what makes me happy independent of what my family's doing. And so I feel yeah. like that's a really crucial point. And then I love this idea of what do you know about yourself? And I have a follow-up question on mm -hmm. that. So sometimes we, we know things about who we used to be. And in this idea of losing ourselves in motherhood, maybe someone sits down to write this list and says, okay, what do I know about myself? Well, I know that I'm a person who loves to move her body, or I'm a person who really prioritizes health. But for the last couple of years, she's been eating leftover chicken nuggets and never going to the gym or, you know, whatever she likes to do because she's in the throes of motherhood. So this idea, you know, going back to earlier, what we talked about, never being the former anything, right? Not yeah. I used to be, but yet you know this deep down that it's something you value. How do you kind of reconcile the two as you're looking to find yourself? So that's a great question. I think that it starts a little bit with like, okay, who was I before I got into this identity crisis phase? You know, let's just say like, who was I before I had kids? Um, and then, you know, obviously that's going to evolve, but I think you have to have a starting point. And like yeah. you said about the example of, I, you know, I'm somebody who prioritizes health and likes to move my body and likes to, you know, consume healthy things and create healthy meals for myself and my family now. I think you can start with that and then you go, okay, but that's what I used to find joy in. Now I have this, I went through this phase. I went through this season. Now I'm here. Do I still feel like those are mm. things that I identify with? And if so, do they still look the same? So when you say things like, I like to move my body, well, you might've before said, I like to go for long runs but maybe like, maybe you were a runner, maybe you like to do five K's and marathons and like that, but maybe now you're like, you know what? Now I really find joy in going for walks with the stroller and my kids or riding my bike around the neighborhood because my family can do that with me. And again, maybe it's something you still enjoy on your own, you know, or I like to, maybe you do the Peloton bike or Maybe you like to, you know, do a treadmill workout with just loud music playing in your ears, or you got into weight training or whatever that might look like now, but you had a starting point you, because I don't know that. Yeah. I mean, I believe we all change and we evolve and we grow, but I still think that there's pieces of ourselves that are going to be there from prior to this season we went through. Yeah. Okay. I love that answer. I think that's really powerful. And I love the intentionality that goes into, into this, into finding ourselves. 
Um, anything else you would add uh, that we haven't talked about yet uh, around this topic of identity, of finding yourselves or, or what to do if you feel like you're feeling lost? Yeah. You know, I've talked a lot about the idea that like find the things that bring you joy outside of everybody else or the things that you, that you know, to be true about yourself, kind of disregarding other people's labels of you. But I will say that for me, I'm a person who, if I spend too much time in my own head, I tend to spiral a little bit. So if this is something where you're like, I, I know these things, I want to figure this out. I don't know necessarily like how to make this make sense on paper or get it out of my head into this thing, you know, maybe look into finding a therapist to talk to, or honestly, friendships, you know, whether or relationships, whether it's a significant other, a family member or a friend as women, we are all going through these same things. We may not always talk about it, but there are other people around you who are feeling the same way inside that you are, and they just may not show it. And so having deep conversations where you can say, you know, I used to really enjoy running for the, you know, doing these long runs. And then I had a baby and now I can't do that. I don't have the time and it's frustrating, but I still want to identify. I still feel like part of me is someone who enjoys being active. How do I, you know, reconcile that? And you may have another mom friend who's like, you know what? I've just found ways to, you know, try this or do this, or let's do it together. Or let's, you know, I think there's a really big piece of community also that comes of motherhood. I think it's kind of this really cool secret, I don't know, secret, but it's like you have a baby and all of a sudden you're part of this mom world. And as much as I think this, there has to be inner work done that you can't necessarily rely on other people for, there's still a piece of this where it's like community and conversation and getting someone that can help make, help you make sense of the thoughts in your brain can be really helpful as well. Yeah. I love that. Okay. That actually leads us into something amazing because part of, so here we are on the mom university podcast and mom university is also a live and in-person event. And part of the reason it's live and in-person is for that connection. So you can find your tribe, find your village of other moms and have those kind of conversations. Sometimes it's hard. I, you know, I think it's awesome, Kendra, that you've found this good group of friends that you have that built in with, but I know for a lot of women, it is really a struggle to find your mom friends who you can really be yourself with and have these kind of conversations. And so that is one of the purposes of mom university is to find that connection. So Kendra will be joining us at Mom University and she is going to be on our panel. So if you have further questions for her, we would love for you to send those in. We're getting prepared now. So send in questions that you would love to hear her answer. Additionally, she's going to be our photographer. She does beautifully beautiful photography work. So we're super excited about that. And Kendra, tell me, tell our listeners what you're excited about specifically for Mom University. Well, I think exactly what you just said, the in-person connection. I know we've just, you know, we've gone through the last several years of doing so many things online that, and there's been great connections online, but there's nothing quite the same as sitting in a room with other women who are all in one place for the same purpose. And there's like this magic fairy dust that gets sprinkled over the whole thing that you're just kind of like, this is amazing. And you have conversations you wouldn't have if you were just at the park meeting a mom friend or, you know, sitting at your kid's practice, meeting other mom friends, there are 
connections made with people that you would never cross paths with in any other space. And I don't know, I, I feel like that when women come together in one place, there's like this really powerful force that happens. And so I am so excited to just be in that space with all these other incredible people and to have those conversations and to, you know, maybe even try to practice out some of the things we talked about here about using that phrase of, I, you know, not so much I am, but I do. And, you know, I'm just excited. I think it's going to be amazing. Good. Okay. I am so excited too. Last question for you. Where can people find you and learn more about your work? Yeah. So you can find me for my photography. You can find me at Paisley Lane Photography on Instagram. And then if you want to listen to uh, my podcast, I have a podcast called Girl Means Business, where we talk more about um, balancing mom life and business life. And you can find that over at Girl Means Business on Instagram or your any podcast platform you listen to. Perfect. Okay. Well, Kendra, thank you for being here. We've learned a lot today. Thanks for listening. If you're a mom whose days feel like Groundhog's Day and you find yourself wondering what you're doing it all for, join us at our in-person Mom University event. You'll get the support, tools, and help to become the mom you want to be. For details, go to universityformoms.com.